if I have a query, if I have a concern, if I'm even questioning myself, thinking, am I, am I missing something here? That I know there's a wealth of people out there that I can go to. There's support groups, there's networks, there's Slack groups, there's networking sites, there's activities like this, podcasts that you can watch and get other people's viewpoints. The, the ecosystem is fantastic. The people are fantastic. Everybody's got each other's back. Are you ready to know what you don't know about Privacy Pros? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast by KZNT Privacy Experts. The podcast to launch, progress and excel your career as a Privacy Pro. Hear about the latest news and developments in the world of privacy. Discover fascinating insights from leading global privacy professionals. And hear real stories and top tips from the people who've been where you want to get to. We're an official IAPP training partner. We've trained people in over 137 countries and counties. So, whether you're thinking about starting a career in data privacy, or you're an experienced professional, this is the podcast for you. and welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast. My name is Jamila and I'm a data privacy analyst at KZN Privacy Experts. I'm primarily responsible for conducting research on current and upcoming legislation as well as any key developments. My co-host today is Jamal Ahmed who is a fellow of information privacy and the CEO at KZN Privacy Experts. He is a leading global privacy professional, world-class trainer and lead mentor at the Privacy Pros Academy. Welcome Jamal. Hi, Jamila. Great to be back for another episode. Yeah, I'm very excited and I will introduce our guest today. Our guest today is Richard Merigold, highly experienced data protection practitioner. Richard has spent over 10 years supporting organizations across healthcare, pharmaceutical, technology, charity and financial service sectors. He is also a regular speaker and commentator on data protection and privacy matters and holds the BCS Certificate in Data Protection. Richard is co-founder of iStorm, a market-leading consultancy and advisory service provider which specializes in providing data protection, information security, and penetration testing consultancy and support services to a wide range of organizations across the UK and Europe. Wow, what a biography. Welcome, Richard. I think it was easier to read when I wrote it. Now now this feels really long. Thank you for joining us today. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Thank you for having me. So on our podcast, as you know, we always start with an icebreaker question. So today's is, what is the best gift you've ever received? Wow, that's a really good question. When my daughter was first born, obviously we were in the office a lot. And the shirt started by, I always used to have these little brass collar pins to lose them. And I got a pair of sterling silver collar pins engraved with bubbles and kisses for daddy. Lots of love, Millie. That's a really sweet gift. That's a nice one. And But no more shirts in the office anymore. No, I, I have a, a new client meeting or something and I'd always try and put a shirt on. But yeah, if I can get away with living in a t-shirt and hoodie, then that's where I am these days. I think most people have done that, especially in the past year now, working from home. <laughs> I think it's probably one of the perks of being your own boss, Richard. Eh? You can wear whatever you like. Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? It's creating a culture of you know, being who you want to be and, and being comfortable with who you are. And then just felt daft coming to work in a suit when... You don't think you need to be in a suit to be able to do your job. Yeah, there are certain times when a certain tie is, is, is required, but yeah, a lot of the time, be comfortable is is the best way to be. 
Definitely, definitely. So on to the questions. And what first sparked your interest in data privacy? Wow. I've been in the industry for about 12 years now. I think my route in definitely wasn't fairy tale, shall we say. The company I was working in was a private healthcare company. I'd gone for some sort of team leader type roles and didn't fit that sort of profile. And at the time, there was an information governance manager who was looking after IC 27001 and data protection and information governance side of the, of the business. She wanted an assistant. I wanted a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded interesting. I went for the job. That's where it all started, really. And then from then on in, I've only ever moved in jobs either within information governance or data protection. And the more I did it, the, the more I found it fascinating, the more I enjoyed it. I enjoy research. I enjoy understanding legislation. I enjoy being able to to practice something that makes a difference for people and could potentially make a difference for business. And then at this point now, I like dispelling the myths. I like people understand it more and understand data protection and privacy more and just have a better feel about it and not be scared of it and understand that it's a business benefit, not a business burden. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the journey where we are today. And do you think that understanding has increased since the GDPR? Was that kind of the turning point? The GDPR helped because the GDPR brought it in front of people. It it gave it a focus. It pushed it out into the wider world. So it took it from the back rooms of the NHS and medical companies and pharma companies, and it put it on a more commercial standing. But I think what's really changed it is things like this, podcasts, the content that now goes out on LinkedIn, networking sessions, events. There was no events when I started. There was nothing. Now you've you've got numerous events covering all different sectors. All of those things is what's raising awareness. It's that constant churn of bringing it to the fore and, and pushing it in front of people. So yeah, the GDPR definitely kickstarted that. But I think the work that the industry has done to push itself forward mm-hmm. has to be applauded. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing I've certainly noticed is that the media is actually more interested in publishing news to do with data privacy, data protection, data breaches. A few years ago, none of this stuff would ever make the news unless it was like a massive breach from a massive company. But now they're reporting on all sorts of things. They're even reporting on new legislation that's being proposed and coming in. And a few years ago, no one would open an email with something like that on it. There's definitely a shift in the consumer. And I think a lot of people are saying 2021 is the year that data privacy really comes to the fore. What's your thoughts on that, Richard? Do you know what? I think lockdown, all the bad sides of lockdown, there were some good things that came out of it. It piqued people's interest. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of people suddenly went to work from home. The security aspect of working from home piqued people's interest. I saw articles you're talking about where organisations were talking about monitoring people's webcams to see whether they were sat at their desk, how long they were sat at their desk, how efficient they were, how long have you spent in the toilet? When you're talking about that, that becomes personal to people. And that could have been me sat at my desk. Would I want to work for a company like that? Why is it fair that that company can do that? Or I wonder what kind of monitoring happens in my business. And that's where you know, data protection and privacy is such a personally associated thing. Like until you get that, that little bit in somebody's mind where they go, actually, that could be me they don't necessarily bite. And I think lockdown has given people that insight that this is real. This is about you. This is about your life. This is about your information. Now, people have got a lot of drive. You know, there wasn't a lot you could do last year. But, you know, there's now opportunity this year to do stuff. The world is getting back to normal. And I think everybody just feels reinvigorated. There seems to be a good vibe out in the world. You know, I think people are interested and excited to explore and do new things. So I think 2021 is going to be big for data protection here. 
And I mean, just looking at some of the opportunities on the job boards and when people are announcing that they've been hired on LinkedIn, I've not seen a busier sector than data privacy. I remember a few years back, people used to have a privacy or a data protection role as 25% or 50% or even 20% of the work they used to do. But now businesses and organizations worldwide are actually building teams of people who are working 100% of data privacy and data protection. And it's just huge, the opportunities out there. And I think it's only going to continue to grow because from the conversations I've had with industry leaders is they're always asking for good people. Can I recommend someone for their organization? Is it a consultant I can push forward for their project? And uh, fortunately, the problem is there is more demand than there is supply right now, which is also a great thing for people coming into the market. What have you noticed in terms of the job market when it comes to data privacy, uh, Richard? You go back to 2008, 2009, when I took that the first job, they came to us and they said, we're going to make people redundant. You know, and you're in part of that team that's going to be made redundant. And the day they told me that they were going to do that, I went straight on the jobs board. There's going to be a job out there. Let me have a look. There were information governance roles in the NHS. And that was it. There may have been like one high level data protection job in, in London, but that was it. Mm. And it was that day that I found my second job. And two years after that, Again, it's time to move on, but I, again, I've been headhunted. Somebody rang me up and said, I've got an opportunity. Hunting for one person, for one company, it was always that kind of transient. Whereas you know, now you do go and look on the job boards and whether you're looking for a privacy analyst role like that Jamila's undertaking, whether you're looking for a data protection manager, whether you're looking for an outright DPO, there's a whole wealth of, of opportunity and jobs out there. Are they paying the right salaries? Debatable, but... You know, nobody really understands the market yet. You know, there's a lot of balancing to be done. Mm. But in terms of opportunity for people wanting to get into the industry and wanting a job in this industry, there's never, ever been a better time. The jobs are there. You just have to find the one that suits you. And as someone who hires in the sector, what kind of characteristics, what kind of traits do you look for in someone who's trying to develop a career in data privacy? There's no sort of set template for somebody to be a DPA, for somebody to look for a career in privacy. Every sector is different. So you've got banking, you've got retail, you've got manufacturing, you've, you've got healthcare, you've got the more marketing side of things. And each sector has a risk appetite. Public sector tends to be very risk averse. They're very clear, you know, they're very black and white. Financial services, again, tends to be quite risk averse. Then you move into some of the more commercial sectors like retail. You tend to be a, a bit more flexible. People tend to you know, have a, a better view on commercial risk. So it really depends on the sector that you want to work in and your mindset. People that come and work for us here at iStorm and the clients that we have, we always look for people that are pragmatic. So people that can look at a problem, people that can look at an issue and say, that's probably not the best way to do it. But it's not a no, it's just we need to find another way. Yeah. You know, there has to be a different way. People that can work with our clients to understand their needs, understand their risk appetite, say self-starters, people with a, a risk background or an operational background that understand the need for compliance, but also understand the need that businesses do need to make money. But then there are roles that, that need a very clear black and white compliance-based focus. And that's much more aligned to a privacy lawyer or a data protection lawyer you know, that, that can clearly pinpoint this is the exact things by law that you need to do this is what's happened in case law this is the potential impact on your organization but if you're enthusiastic if you've got good people skills so you're good at talking to people and you're confident and you can stand by the things that you say 
then this is definitely a career for you because you have to be prepared to be challenged and you will be challenged by a lot of people in a lot of departments. So you have to be able to back up your arguments. You also have to be able to engage people. You have to be able to, to get in front of people, get buy-in, explain the benefit of what you're trying to do because this is a cost. You know, there's no cost benefit to having somebody like me come into your business. There's potential long-term cultural benefit, a potential long-term consumer benefit and customer benefit I'm not going to save you money. You know, I'm not going to make any efficiencies. I'm not going to make necessarily your business more profitable, but I'm going to create a culture and create an organization that's potentially safer, more profitable in the long term. So being able to persuade people is a really good trait in being a, a DPO and being a, a privacy person and having an analytical mind, being able to understand legislation. What does that mean? What does that mean for my clients? Who does that need to be pointed to? And being able to articulate that in a fashion that somebody can understand all those kind of things it doesn't fit one person it fits a whole load of people and that's why if you look at the people on linkedin like look at the people that, that we follow look at the people that follow us look at the people that are commenting everybody's different yeah everybody's got a different viewpoint everybody's got a different touch on the world and that's what makes it i <laughs> get a bit excited but that's what makes it a really really fascinating industry to work in like it's literally open to anybody I think that helps kind of dispel some of the myths that it's only for people who've got background in law that can go into data privacy as, as well. So what is your favourite thing? What do you love most about working in data privacy? It's going to sound really cheesy and I don't, <laughs> and I don't want it to, but it will sound really cheesy. But it's the people. When I started this job 12 years ago, there was no one to talk to. I don't want the violin to play or anything, but you know, there wasn't. There was, there was nobody to bounce ideas off. There was nobody to, to sort of support you. And I found a group of people down in London, the Data Protection Forum. And that was the first time that I found a group of people that understood data protection. And it was you know, very, very senior people, very knowledgeable people that had been working in data protection for a very long time. You know, these people were policy writers. You know, they were political advisors. And that's where I started to realise that actually there's potentially people that we can liaise with here. But it's been the last two or three years that the industry has grown so much and people have come in I've met some absolutely fantastic people. If I have a query, if I have a concern, if I'm even questioning myself, thinking, am I missing something here? I know there's a wealth of people out there that I can go to. There's support groups, there's networks, there's Slack groups, there's networking sites, there's activities like this, podcasts that you can watch and get other people's viewpoints. And that's probably my favourite thing about the industry. The, the ecosystem is fantastic. The people are fantastic. Everybody's got each other's back. And I don't think you get that in a lot of industries. You know, for me, hands down, that is probably my favourite thing about this job. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at the state of the IAPP back in 2008, and I think they had like, what, maybe they had about 20,000 members. But if you look at it today, there's like 60,000 members. There's a knowledge net chapter opening up nearly every other month. And there's so many events and webinars and there's so many other um, networking opportunities. I know you're uh, putting together some group sessions coming up towards the end of this month as well. But there's so many great opportunities. Speak to other industry experts and get to know their views because the way you look at something from one lens is going to be completely different to how another uh, person looks at it depending on the industry and the sector they're in. And it's always fascinating, I find, to say, I can't believe I haven't even thought about that in that way. Sometimes it just seems a bit daft. I'm like, that's so simple. Why didn't I think of that? But that's the benefit of having all these great people around. And I think one of the great things that you say about the people in the industry is everyone is so open and willing to help. I mean, you can think about some industries where people kind of want to keep their cards very close to the chest and they don't really want you to know what they think or what they're up to and they want you to kind of fall over. Whereas 
in data privacy, what I found is people are more than happy to offer as much advice and guidance as they can to really see you do well. We've started a thing called the Privacy Space, which is essentially a, an online video networking environment where nothing is recorded. You know, we, we don't record the chats and people just turn up to ask questions. You know, they've struggled with something in their job today or you know, they've had a particular query and, and somebody's debating with them and and they're looking for you know to back up their own argument and people just come and have a chat and shoot the breeze and and everybody's there to either go oh, see what you've probably missed is this or no 100 like you should say you know why don't you try taking this approach or listing listing these things we're in an industry at the minute whereby i have other consultants you know we're, we're different we run a business but independent consultants ring me up and say i can't do this work i am too busy like are you interested do you know anyone that can do it you know i have people that come to us for things like training like we don't really do training it's just never been a thing that we do like, but don't worry i know some people that can do it for you you know and we'll go and pass that business around everybody's got everybody's back and i, I don't think you see that in a lot of industries anymore and i hope it continues i hope it does i hope it's not just like a, a utopia and then it's just going to explode and everybody's going to kick off but at the minute it's, it's a really really good place to be and um, so as we heard from your bio, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of experience in the sector and um, over 10 years supporting different organisations. But what's been the most memorable moment of your career so far? The day that they gave me formal responsibility for all the countries that the company was in. So France, Italy, Spain, the US, all of the UK businesses. And I became the director of group data protection for a FTSE 100 financial services. At that point, like I, I'd landed, I was fully in charge of all of the compliance programs. I rolled out the entire GDPR program. I created a, a worldwide privacy framework that remained in that organization today. And then the second thing is, is starting this business, starting iStorm and being able to say, I'm now comfortable to take that knowledge and take that experience. And I think I can do something with it. And I think I can do something for me. Starting this business would definitely be the next big thing. Congratulations on setting up your own business, um, Richard. When did you start iStorm and what was the kind of thought process to go from where you was, this uh, super successful director, 100 company, to then say, you know what, I'm going to go and do my own thing? It had got to the point, I was very, very fortunate. I had an amazing boss. I had a, an amazing team in the, in the job that I was in. You know, I had free reign to do whatever I wanted. I was traveling all over the place. But I felt that I'd done as much as I could do. My career had been based on building privacy frameworks from the ground up, building programs, bringing organizations up to compliance. And I felt like I didn't want to start that again. I didn't want to go somewhere else and, and do that process again. I felt like I'd done it. So I thought, well, I'm interested in doing some consultancy. You know, maybe I'll go and do, do contracting. And my old friend from school, my best friend, had rang me up. And he was working for a very well-known training and consultancy services provider as a salesman. He said, I'm not enjoying this anymore. I want to go and set up on my own. I want to do something. What are you doing? So well, I don't know. I'm going to go and be a consultant. He's like, well, why be a consultant? Like, I'll sell, you deliver. I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Like, how long is it going to take you to finish selling? And <laughs> all of my time is taken. And what are you going to do? He's like, no, no, we'll make a business. We'll have consultants. We'll have more people. So that's where it started from. It was two people who thought that the industry was lacking in good customer service and there was a lot of snake oil being sold. There's a lot of fear-mongering going on and we didn't like it. You know, we thought we could do a better job and we thought we could do something different. So we thought, why not? Let's give it a bash. If worst case scenario, it all falls apart and you just go and get a job. You know, that's kind of what it comes down to. You know, you just go back to what you know. Uh, so we've been in business for, th for three years in, in June. It's been a good journey. 
What's been the highlight of the journey you had throughout the last three years? Oddly, the highlight has been lockdown, which is a weird thing to say. So like, bear with me. So we went into lockdown, just the two of us, just me and my business partner. You know, we'd had a couple of people working for us, things hadn't worked out for, for whatever reasons. We went into lockdown, not knowing that lockdown was coming, just the two of us. We just passed up on an office. We decided it wasn't time. So everything kind of fell into place. We came out of lockdown. So as of two weeks ago, so there's seven of us full-time in the business. We have a, a network of about 10 associate consultants that support us across a range of products from pen testing to cybersecurity consultancy, 27,001 data protection. We're on target to hit our second year financial forecast in June of this year. And that was all done despite what was going on in the, in the world last year. We've been very, 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 very fortunate and we are very conscious of that. But yeah, we managed to grow a business during that period. And that is, it's hard to talk about because you don't want to be, be celebrating when a lot of people suffered. But at the same time, it's we're very proud that we didn't fall apart. You know, we'd been in business a year. We didn't know what we were going to do. So we spent a couple of months just trying to work it out. And then we thought, no, let's crack on, let's do something. And we've been very, very fortunate that we've come out the the other side in a, in a very good position. So, yeah, that's definitely the highlight so far. Congratulations on that massive growth. It's amazing. Thank you very much. What kind of advice would you give to someone who was thinking about taking the same leap from moving through being an employee to a consultant? Don't do it. <laughs> tired. <laughs> we talk to a lot of people, so there's other DPAs on Slack groups and things like that. And people can ask that exact question, like, what do you do? How do you do it? And the first thing is you have to network like you have never networked before. Everybody you've ever worked with, everybody you've ever come into contact with is a potential customer. Get in touch with those people. Don't try and sell to them, but remind them who you are, tell them that maybe this is something you're considering you know maybe you're going to move into consultancy yeah have they got any advice have they got any business is there anything you might be able to do for them i was very fortunate i was able to leave my current role and then be brought straight back on the monday to fill in the gap while they essentially replaced me so we were very very fortunate in that respect i had a long-term engagement straight off the bat but i've had work coming in from people that I worked with 10 years ago because you remember those relationships and being on LinkedIn and LinkedIn is hard, but posting, being relevant, you know, having an opinion and having an opinion is hard online because there are people that will disagree with that opinion. So being prepared prepared for that, but yeah, you have to network your hearts off, Um, (laughs) (laughs) get in front of people and remind people who you are and yeah. why you're good and why you're a good cultural fit for them you'd be amazed at the people that you've come across in the past that remember you know your name meet you for a coffee do it but be prepared like you are not going to get a load of sales straight away mm-hmm. your first contract may take a couple of months so make sure you've got enough money saved up in the bank to pay the mortgage pay the bills so that you're not panicking and it will come 100% come the work is there you just have to go and find it yeah. it's definitely worth the effort working for yourself is liberating it genuinely genuinely is it's it's a completely different experience great advice thank you um so you have a youtube channel the data protection diaries and what prompted you to start that i nearly got sacked actually for having the data protection diaries i'd realized again before the gdpr that i needed a personal brand so if i wanted to leave my job I needed a brand. I needed people to know who I was to be able to deliver 
consultancy. So I didn't really know LinkedIn at the time. And I, and I looked around and there wasn't a lot of information out in the world in terms of data protection. So I filmed a vlog and it was called A Day in the Life of a Data Protection Officer. And I'd gone down to London and I was speaking at an event. So I'd, I'd filmed this vlog and I posted it. So I'd probably nobody's going to watch it. I think it was only watched a, a, a few hundred times. And then I thought, well, there's a lot of misinformation out in the world. Who vlogs on explaining things, explaining lawful basics, explaining how to deal with a subject access request. Things that I'd come across in my daily work, I would film a vlog about because I thought that might be interesting for other people. But at the, t- at the time, I was filming it while employed and I was filming it in their offices. I had my work lanyard on and all these sorts of things. And eventually the comms team found out about it and they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you've got our brand all over you. You know, you can't yeah. just be filming vlogs and putting on the internet. I'm like, sorry. Um, <laughs> it just kind of went from there. And we use the data protection diaries to just give information to people. And, and people say to me, like, you're mad. Like, why are you telling somebody how to do a gap analysis? And so, because the people that are watching these videos don't necessarily have the money to, yeah. to have somebody come in. And why should that be a barrier to data protection practices? Why should that be a barrier to helping a business or to supporting mm-hmm. your customers? And somebody that I respect a lot once told me that just because you're telling somebody how to do something doesn't mean that they can do it. Yeah. And and that's what the data protection diaries are about. It's about giving knowledge, sharing information, giving people a voice, a bit like the networking, showing people that you know, this is how I do it. And a lot of people message me and go, thank you so much for posting that. I've been stuck on this or I'm going for a job interview and your video on how to build a framework has been brilliant. It's given me insights yeah. into what I can do. Or I've always thought that about HR processing information for HR purposes, but you've clarified it and you've made it clear. Like That's a huge help. It's about giving back and it's also about building a brand, but it's useful information. Why shouldn't it be put out in the world? You know, not everything has to be commoditized. Not everything has to be paid for. That's why we do it. And also, I just like talking. (laughs) (laughs) I really share your passion about really creating value and giving free education and knowledge to people out there. I think that's one of the reasons why we do this Privacy Pros Academy podcast is because we have audiences across over 50 countries now. It's very unaffordable for them to access the IAPP certification programs uh, to access really high quality European training. We get so many messages, people thanking us for putting these together, putting our webinars together and really being grateful. And one thing that I found is the more you share, the more you get back. So yes, we are giving tips away and helping people solve these problems for themselves. But you know what? Busy people, busy CEOs, they don't want to do it for themselves. They're like, great. Okay. I know what needs to be done, but I haven't got the time to do this. I want to do what I do best. Can you come and take care of that for me? And the more value you put out there, the more valuable you become. I think the more you're going to start creating and attracting those opportunities to you. And you touched on a few things uh, which I found really interesting, Richard. And these are the things that we teach students on our 12-week Privacy Pro Accelerator. Uh, Number one, you spoke about the art of communication, how important it is to have those communication skills. And you also mentioned about having a personal brand. And one of the biggest frustrations that I see in individuals trying to get themselves into any kind of uh, industry is they don't have their own personal brand. They might have the competency, they might have the soft skills, but they don't know how to market themselves. And we spend a couple of weeks with our participants just focusing on building up their personal brand, how to get their voice on platforms like LinkedIn. And we also get them to deliver value by making sure they host a webinar where they share some of the education that they've come across. So people are confident that they know what they're talking about, even though they're so new to the industry as well. So I completely agree with the values and the way you're going about doing things. And I love it. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was funny. When we started iStorm, (laughs) I messaged everybody that I'd ever worked with that was of a 
either worked in IT or compliance was a certain level. It was just like, this is what we do. This is what we're going to do. If you ever need anything, ring me. And I thought that was it. Like it's done. Like these people now know that we run a consultancy, you know, we can do pen testing, we can do all these things. They're just going to ring me. They're just going to ring me when they need me. Like it's done. Like it's not. It's that constant churn, that constant contact being relevant. Like you say, demonstrating your knowledge is so, so important. And people forget, like we're not, people are not memorable. You're in a sea of information. You're in a sea of other people's information. And very often when, when people come to us, it's because we've posted something that just happens to resonate with an issue that they have. And it just happened to be posted at the right time. So understanding that your personal brand is is about being available and being out there and talking and sharing information and doing that on a regular basis, I think is fantastic that you're teaching people because a lot of people don't get that. They just go, well, I've got all these qualifications. Look at my CV. Like, of course I'm the right person for the job. But that doesn't mean anybody knows who you are. Demonstrating your ability to do this role is one of the hardest things because again like you don't have sales figures you don't have marketing reach you you can't Mm -hmm. demonstrate that you've saved people loads of money because you're a good accountant it all comes from referrals and from people knowing you and and being able to demonstrate knowledge and to do that you have to you know be comfortable putting that content out you have to be confident like sharing that information so people can see what you do because there's no other way of them knowing so yeah, I think it's fantastic that you're training people to do that. Thank you. So the last question from me before I give you the chance to ask Jamal anything you'd like, what do you think the data privacy industry will look like in five years? I would like to think in one sense that it looks a bit like the infosec industry and the cybersecurity industry. So well-known, respected, busy and full of really passionate people who actually care about what they're doing for a job. If you look at the cybersecurity industry at the minute, the number of people that are that are wanting to get into the industry is massive. You know, there's such a passion out there for technology and, and what that means. And that has to be supported by good data protection and good privacy practices because good tech means more information, more information means more risk, mm-hmm. and there needs to be people there to, to cover that. So I hope in the next five to 10 years that through good training, through working with a number of companies on a data protection apprenticeship program, which we hope will be available next year. So people will be able to have a data protection apprentice that will then be able to learn the job and and gain the knowledge through things like the Privacy Pro Accelerator, that we will have an industry of skilled, knowledgeable people and the roles will continue to come. Look at OneTrust, (laughs) a $3 billion company. Four years ago, five years ago, PrivTech didn't even exist. And now you've got companies that are able to do that. So the market is there. The desire is there. And I think the next five years is is going to see it grow. And I would hope within 10 years that we have a good, mature industry that is giving something back to the economy and is doing good for consumers and people at large. Because let's face it, that's what what data protection is all about. It's about Mm -hmm. protecting people and helping people to protect themselves. In 10 years, I'd like to retire. We'll add that in as well. Great. Thank you. And now is your opportunity to ask Jamal anything you'd like. I've got two questions and I'm just debating which one to pick. Well, can I ask you two questions? Is that you fair? can have both, Richard. Of course right. you can. <laughs> my, my first question, how do you see the Privacy Pro Accelerator playing a part in where the industry can be in the next five to ten years? Do you think it's scalable? 
And do you have targets for the number of people that you want to introduce to the industry? That's my first question. All right. So the Privacy Pro Accelerator, whole idea of that is you take somebody from where they are now, and that could be with little or no previous experience, no legal background, and you take them through a 12-week program and they come out uh, ready to be a privacy professional that can operate in any area of the world. And the way I see that contributing is the first thing we do is we break down their mindset and build it back up again. So some people have self-limiting beliefs, some people have confidence issues because of whatever nurture or nature they've experienced because of some of the way they've been treated in the past. So we really break all of that down and we'll build them back up with the Privacy Pro mindset. And there's 23 principles that guide me in everything I do when it comes to data privacy. And I really try and embed those principles into the students. Once we've got the right mindset, the next thing we focus on is building up some of those soft skills. So the art of communication, being able to set goals, journaling. So so many soft skills we do as part of them building them up as valuable individuals who value themselves firstly before they think about anything else. Once we've got the mindset right, the next thing we focus on is really giving them that education. So we put them through the IAPP, CIPPE program and help them get certified. And whilst they're starting towards a certification, you can take deep dive into each of the different areas that they need to cover to really understand European data protection legislation. And what we do with that is we take them through all of the modules and we make sure that by the time they move on to the next module, they are a subject matter expert. It's not just someone that knows and might be able to answer one or two questions based on multiple choice, but they can actually go and have a conversation with any peer in the industry and add value to that and really be able to help people. So once they've got that, now they've got the certification. So they've got the mindset, they've got the certification, they've got the knowledge. The next thing is they know the theory, but... No one can say to them that they know what they're talking about because they've actually done it. So we put them through practical training. So we focus on four key areas, which most businesses and an analyst level will need help with. So how to respond to a data subject request. We give them practical experience and hands-on experience on that. We teach them how to create records of processing activities, how to conduct a data protection impact assessment, how to screen for it, when does it need to happen? And so what I've said, ROPA, DSARS, and how to draft privacy notices as well and the whole transparency obligation. So we give them the practical experience. So now they've got the mindset, they've got the certification, they've got the in-depth subject matter expertise, they've got the practical experience. Now they need help with branding themselves. So my career coaches will come in, they will rewrite their CVs, help them with the LinkedIn profiles, and really put them through a few weeks of training on how to really find their own voice and present value to the world. And during that process, we pick a topic for a webinar, which Jamila produces, and they will come and present and they will teach people for free, really share some of the education and knowledge. And usually we do it for the third sector, the not-for-profit sector. And it's yeah. something that we do as part of giving back and we give them the opportunity to come and learn how to manage their programs. Sometimes they can't access because of budget constraints. But it also demonstrates to the individuals on our program are mentees that, you know what, you are now a person that I can actually contribute value. You're able to handle questions. You know exactly what you're talking about and you're ready to go out in the world and become a world-class privacy profession. So the more important question, who's your favourite guest? <laughs> You'll have to ask me that in two years' time, Richard. Oh, Every single guest I've spoken to has something very unique to contribute. We actually have a list of people that we want to bring on and speak and Jamila reaches out to them. So we love what you're doing. We love your values. We love all the stuff you're putting out. And all of the guests that we bring on, we value each guest. We feel there's a synergy. And that's why we invite them on. But if you ask me two years later, I'll tell you my favorite interview. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. 
I'll take that. I think what you're doing is is brilliant. I, you know, I, I think the accelerator program is very clever. I think these podcasts are brilliant. I think giving people a voice is so important because it allows us to show the world that we are human beings. We're not stuffy. We're not boring. <laughs> Everyone is different. Everyone you'll speak to will, will be different. Everybody has a different viewpoint on why they do the role, how they do the role. And I think this kind of podcast just helps to push that out to the wider world. And if that encourages one person to come into the industry, you know, we've all done a good job. So no, well done. I'm, I'm pleased to be on here. Thank you for having me. No, we really enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been our privilege and an honor, Richard. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, like and share so you're notified when a new episode is released. Remember to join the Privacy Pros Academy Facebook group where we answer your questions. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're leaving with some great things that will add value on your journey as a world-class privacy pro. Please leave us a four or five-star review. And if you'd like to appear on a future episode of our podcast or have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear more about, please send an email to team at kzient.co.uk. Until next time, peace be with you.